Hey folks, thanks for joining us for this special Be Healthistic Extra episode. It's going to be all about COVID-19 and comorbidities, which I'm sure you've been hearing about in the news lately. So a comorbidity is really defined as a chronic health condition that exists with another condition. So for example, if someone has rheumatoid arthritis and they also have anxiety and depression, those are comorbidities that exist with the rheumatoid arthritis. So dad, welcome to the show. Hey, Drew, it's good to be here. All right. First, I wanted to talk about this new study that came out of, of JAMA uh, about a week and a half ago. It was on April 22nd, 2020. And the title of the uh, article is this, Presenting Characteristics, Comorbidities, and Outcomes Among 5,700 Patients Hospitalized with COVID-19 in the New York City Area. Now, what was really neat about this study, Dad, was they looked at 5,700 people that were uh, PCR positive. So they had the nasopharyngeal swab. They actually came back positive, COVID-19. And what they did was they just looked at all parameters of these, these folks. So their demographics, they looked at comorbidities, which we're going to talk about. They looked at different labs that were run and which were elevated. Um, so lots of different outcomes that they were uh, looking for. And I, I found it to be really helpful and insightful. So... What, they, what they found, essentially, is that most of these people admitted to the hospital, 94% of them had a chronic health problem. So of those 5,700 people, 94% of them had a chronic health problem, and 88% had two or more. Okay? So these are comorbidities that we're now talking about. And the three most common ones were hypertension at 55.6%, obesity was 41.7%, and diabetes came in at third at 33.8%. So, Dad, what do you think about those numbers? Oh, my gosh, that's the trifecta. And, that's, and the problem with that is there are many diabetics who are overweight that have high blood pressure. Mm -hmm. So, my gosh, I mean, if you look at the study, that means that if you are an overweight diabetic with hypertension, then your comorbidity is sky high and you are at extreme, and I want to mention extreme risk. So having this information, we have to present it as a gift in disguise. Mm -hmm. And the gift is, if it's high blood pressure, overweight status, and higher blood sugars, well, the good news and the reframe is that the person can do something about it. So if there was ever you know, an impetus to, you know, lose weight or choose a healthier road of uh, healthy lifestyle characteristics, this is it. So I would say to anybody listening who's a type 2 diabetic, you got to get the sugar out of your diet. You got to do some more walking. You need to take more targeted nutritional supplements. You need to be more prudent about getting that hemoglobin A1C down and getting a mere 5 or 10 pounds down because if you lose five or 10 pounds of weight, Drew, mm -hmm. where do the inflammatory cytokines live? In the they fat live tissue. in fat cells, right? Yeah. In the fat tissue, right? So it makes sense that the, these comorbidities are going off the charts because when you take a diabetic who's overweight, they have more fat cells where the viruses or the, the inflammatory cytokines can live, rendering the person more at a comorbidity state. So the reframe here is great news. It's great news to our listeners because you can do something about this. Dad, that's, you're so right on that because this, this pandemic that we're having, this may not be the first one. It seems like you know these could be 
coming more regularly or is we might have a second wave of this thing coming in the fall or winter. So now is the time. We have the data in. Now is the time to really make changes in, in your health. So if it's going to be eating better foods right now or like you said, dropping that blood sugar, maybe exercising a little more. Now is the time to really start doing these things to get your health back on track. Right. Especially if this cycle continues and, and the virus reappears again, which it is an influenza. These influenzas always come in the, you know, late fall, early winter. So we're going to see another surge of this. But here's the reframe, Drew. These, our listeners can do something about it now. If there's, like I said before, this is it. This is it. This is curtain time. We want our listeners to be their own doctor. We can guide them. We can put them on the road better traveled now. So if they lose weight, exercise more, and drop the hemoglobin A1C, they can do that. Now, they can take targeted nutritional supplements as well. I mean, there's lots of supplements that you can take while you're losing weight and while you're walking more and while you're eating less sugars. So the easiest thing is less sugar in the diet. I mean, that's a given. So the simple sugars are out, okay? I mean, that's sodas are out. White table sugar is out. Do you... It's okay to have a little dark chocolate that's 75 or more cocoa, right? Because you get the bioflavonoids there. <laughs> and by the way, the dark chocolate will lower your blood pressure as well. I mean, you know, we, we know that. So let's talk about each comorbidity. Let's talk about blood pressure first. What are some good things, Drew, to lower blood pressure? And one of them you've written about with earthing and grounding. Uh, you were you were involved with us in that study. Sure. There's, gosh, there's so many things for, for high blood pressure. I mean, like you just mentioned, earthing, grounding, great way to get out, put your feet in the grass, and uh, let your autonomic nervous system calm down a little bit. Exactly. You, you just nailed it because one of the reasons why people are so hypertensive during this crisis is that they're living in fear. And fear turns on the sympathetic limb of the autonomic nervous system. So if our listeners just put their bare feet on the ground more, walk outside, walk on grass, walk on concrete. Hey, I live in Florida and the beaches are being opened up and I love walking on the beach. You know, Drew, I walk when the surf is coming in, so to speak. So all you're getting all the minerals in that water and the water is wet. And so on wet sand, I'm really grounding. And mm -hmm. um, and remember, and what you and I have written about this in, in many papers, when you ground, it's like taking in handfuls of antioxidants. You know, you're getting mm -hmm. vitamin G, you know, from the Earth's surface. You're taking in the Schumann resonance, you know, through the K1 uh, aspect of the foot. So earthing definitely lowers blood pressure, and blood pressure is a comorbidity. So what are some other ways of lowering blood pressure? What about salt in a diet. What do you think about that? Yeah, obviously restricting salt. I mean, it, I, I always tell people it's okay to just sprinkle a little salt on your meals. Um, that's if you're doing home cooking, of course. But if you're eating lots of Campbell's soup or lots of prepared processed foods, there's going to be a, a significantly higher amount of salt in those foods. So you really do need to watch the sodium content. Um, another thing, Dad, that I think is, is really uh, prudent here is, is uh, meditation. And I got to tell you, I've been, uh, well, I was meditating before this whole crisis set, but I've been meditating every morning for about 10, 10 to 20 minutes. And I know that those who have blood pressure, meditation can be really helpful for, again, calming down that, that sympathetic drive in folks and really promoting more of the parasympathetic effect. So I'm a big fan of meditation. Well said, son. Even a few minutes of meditation, even a few minutes of alternative nostril breathing, 
uh, will attenuate the autonomic nervous system immediately. And that's why a lot of the people who practice yoga do alternative nostril, nostril breathing. I did it myself many times, you know, when I was teaching down at the Yoga Institute. Mm -hmm. So that's really good. I want to go back to some taboo foods because you mentioned canned soups, mm. you know, having a lot of salt, which will drive the blood pressure up. Um, dill pickle is another one. Olives, another one. And, you know, these flame broiled chickens you get in fast food restaurants, like a lot of them are closed right now, but they're going to open up soon. Right. So you want our listeners to realize that if you're getting four, five, six grams of sodium a day, and a, a lot of that you can get in, in these taboo foods that we just mentioned, if you're prone to high blood pressure, that will increase the numbers to soar. So healthy diet is good, like a Mediterranean diet, more olive oil. Olive oil contains polyphenols. And remember the pre-demed study, which showed blood pressures went down and, you know, heart disease went down and, you know, diabetes went down and weight loss went down. So a good, healthy diet with lots of polyphenols, you know, we mentioned some dark chocolate, lower sodium and getting exercise and meditation. I mean, there's so many ways of lowering blood pressure. And I like some targeted nutritional supplements. What comes to your mind when I mention that for blood pressure? That's a great question, Dad. I think coupled with all the stress that we're under, I think adding on some magnesium would be a really oh, good idea. And, right uh, on, son. Magnesium. You yeah, you, you so may as well fun. kill two birds with one stone with that one. So let's, let's target the stress. Let's also target the blood pressure. And uh, I'm, I'm obviously uh, a big fan of CoQ10 for, for lowering blood pressure as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's, there's lots of good... Uh, controlled studies showing blood pressure lowering with CoQ10. Uh, I like omega-3s. Mm -hmm. you know, uh, whenever you bring omega-3s to the table, um, not only is it supporting endothelial function uh, you know, of your basement membranes, and that's why we've seen less heart attack you know, with omega-3s, but omega-3s lower blood pressure as well. Uh, I've seen it lots of times in my practice, so I'm a big fan of, of that. I also like other nutrients that support endothelial function like resveratrol, Mm-hmm. It's another one I like. I like the combination of resveratrol and turmeric, for example. You know, that that's really good for the cardiovascular system. So there's, you know, lots of targeted nutraceuticals. One of my favorites for all time is NAC, N-acetylcysteine. And you know why, right? Because it's broken down to glutathione. Exactly. It, form, it helps form glutathione, yeah. Yeah. So when you have glutathione in the body and you combine it with vitamin C and selenium, it forms glutathione peroxidase, which is the uh, major antioxidant against oxidative stress. And we're getting severe oxidative stress from everything from you know EMF and certainly bacterial, viral illnesses, uh, emotional stress, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, I love bringing glutathione peroxidase to the table. And one of my favorite nutraceuticals, and you and I used it on the lung, is quercetin. I think quercetin is a home run, especially against uh, viral illnesses. And I know when I did the report with the American College of Nutrition on the American Nutraceutical Association, uh, we saw that quercetin uh, actually has a uh, inhibitory effect on viral, uh, viral replication in the lung. So that's helpful as well. Now, Dad, what, what about obesity? That's another uh, comorbidity here that's present. Uh, what, what else can we recommend to people for obesity? Well, again, you know, a, a less sugary diet, you know, a walking program, uh, just restricting uh, carbs. I mean, that's that's sort of pretty simple. Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, lo losing weight can be a nightmare for some people. But again, just taking in less calories and less sugars, that's the way to go. Yeah. Especially, especially since 
every pound you lose, you're losing the you're losing the home where these inflammatory cytokines live. So I really like that. And, and Deb, we've also talked about diabetes too on previous podcasts. So there's lots of information there that people can look up and and learn about how to improve their diabetes. Yeah, and it's so simple. I mean, the most important thing here is lower your blood sugar, lower your hemoglobin A1C, because we we realize that when you have higher blood sugars. You are literally squelching. In other words, you're tying up your white blood cell activity. In other words, you're squelching phagocytosis where the white blood cells become tired. So it behooves any diabetic to really work on their blood sugars, lower that hemoglobin A1C. And again, everything's connected. Everything's connected. You lose five or 10 pounds, you're lowering your hemoglobin A1C, you're lowering your blood sugar, and you're lowering your blood pressure. Mm -hmm. So weight loss here is key. So this is not rocket science. It's not rocket science. And I'm pleading with our listeners that you can be in control of your own health. And this is the this is the bottom line where you and I, we can empower people, but really they got to get across the finish line. They got to get this across the finish line. And I can think of no better time to take responsibility for your own health than, than right now with COVID-19. Couldn't agree more, Dad. Well, thanks, everyone, for joining us for another episode today. I'm Dr. Drew Sinatra. And I'm Dr. Steve Sinatra. And this is Be Healthistic.